Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire young women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. episode is going to be the same but a little bit different as I'm actually going to share something with you myself. The last couple of weeks God's been challenging me about an area in my life and I thought well if I'm asking ladies to be brave and share I should also be brave and share. So here we go. A little bit about myself. I come from a family with a mum and dad who both love Jesus. Um, I have three little brothers. I homeschooled for most of primary. There was about a year and a term where I went back to school because mum was pregnant with my brothers. Then I went to high school on the Gold Coast at Hillcrest Christian College. I went to uni and studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts, Film, Television and New Media, which was a lot of fun. However, at the end of it, I thought I wanted to do something a bit different. So I did a diploma of secondary education and became a teacher. Just before my diploma, I got married in that December before I started. So that's also an interesting journey, having to finish university off in your first year of marriage. When I got to the end of my diploma, I wasn't sure if I wanted to teach or not. It's quite scary that year 12s are only four years younger than you and you're a young teacher teaching senior subjects. Uh, So I didn't. I had a term when I was a graduate, the first term out, where I didn't teach anything. And I went to colour conference with my cousins and she was talking to me about how she's teaching and loving it. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'm going to give this a go. And so I said to God, look, if there's jobs out there, I'll give it a go and I'll see what comes of it. And I got a job as soon as I got back at Marymount for just a one-term contract. After my time at Marymount, I applied for a job at an Anglican college and I really wanted it. The school's beautiful. I just had heard so many great reviews and it was actually an English history job so it wasn't what I was trained in and I ended up getting it. Two weeks before I actually started they called and said our film teacher's away sick would you like to come in and take his class for a term and I said I would absolutely love that that I'd love to teach film as that's what I majored in. So I did that and he ended up resigning halfway through that term um, and I just stayed on and next year I was full-time and I have been teaching there now almost for two years and it's a lot of fun and I love it and yeah that's pretty much my journey thus far. Oh, and I also have a really cute little puppy. Uh, he's six months old. Well, when I say I do, Michael and I do. It's ours together, but he loves me more. Um, so yes, no children yet, but we have a puppy and he's adorable. So today, what I wanted to talk about was how God has been challenging me recently on how I respond to when people say that I'm inadequate. And of course, no one walks up to you and says, you're inadequate. But there's a times where people will say sly comments and you'll feel like, I'm not good enough to do this job or I'm not up to this, the capability of this task at hand. And how I respond to that situation is what God has challenged me with. I think this topic's a really important topic in today's society I think it's safe to assume that everyone at some point or another has felt inadequate and it may not be that someone else has made you feel that way. Maybe you make yourself feel that way when you compare to other gifts and abilities that others have. And so if it's something that's happening frequently, I think it's important that we learn how to respond to that and how God would want us to respond to that. So that's what's been challenging me lately. In terms of a time when I felt inadequate and my experience with inadequacy, when I was at uni doing my diploma, um, I had a principal come up and have a conversation with me. Now, that's a really important thing when you're a 
Prax student. To have someone of high importance where you want to work one day come up and talk to you is a bit of an honour and very nerve-wracking. And so him and I were having a conversation about what I was studying and what I was teaching at his school. And I'll never forget he said, what's your second area in teaching? Because we talked a bit about film and television being my first area. And most, or pretty much every graduate has two areas of teaching. But the way that my subjects had lined up at uni and because I'd done so many prac subjects in my film degree, I was only able to do one major subject at uni and my second was just teaching practices. So it wasn't actually a second subject area that I could teach. And I'll never forget when I told him I only had one teaching area, he just looked at me and he just said, no principal's ever going to hire you with one teaching area. And I went home that night and I was like, Michael, no one's going to hire me. What am I going to do? And that for me was a huge time in my life when I felt inadequate. I'm not going to get a teaching job because I only have one teaching area. That was a massive time when I felt inadequate. I think also with her daily drive and signing that up, there's a lot of times where I felt inadequate. It's not a once-off someone saying it to me. It's, you know, constantly having to interview people and constantly having to edit. Everything that comes with that, there's often times I feel inadequate. So inadequacy is definitely something that I have experienced and am experiencing and probably will experience the rest of my life. But I think that's why it's important to learn, for me personally, how to respond to inadequacy. So a few weeks ago, Michael and I were trying to choose what book of the Bible we wanted to read together. Now, we don't do this all the time. It was kind of a, hey, let's start reading the book of the Bible together. And I said, I'd love to read David because I haven't read it in a long time. And so we were going to read that. And he said, well, let's start at 1 Samuel. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. 1 Samuel, like, when does David come into that story? And he's like, oh, not for a couple of chapters. And I'll never forget, I was, I said straight away without any pause or hesitation, well, then why are we even reading the first couple of chapters? What am I going to get out of those? That was a massive suck in the face for me when this whole revelation came about of how I respond to inadequacy because it wasn't the first chapter where Hannah's story is. And so for me, Hannah's story in the Bible is a great story that talks about how I should respond when I feel inadequate or when others make me feel inadequate. So I was reading 1 Samuel 1, and it's a story about Hannah. She was barren and couldn't conceive a child, and her husband had another wife as well. And it says in verse 7, Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. And for me, this story really spoke about inadequacy because in those times, to be barren and not being able to bear a child for your husband was actually quite a shameful thing. And so here's Hannah, who's barren and can't have a child. And the other wife of her husband, her rival, provokes her all the time and has children. And it says that she just wept and would not eat. And what really stood out to me in this story, and I'll just be brief because you can go read it yourself, it's a great chapter, was three things that Hannah did when she was provoked and when she felt inadequate and not good enough. And that was that she ran to God, she cried out to him, and she had faith. I always ask the next question of women when they're talking about their uh, topics, and that is, what are some verses and stories that got you through the time of when you felt inadequate in this case? And the funny thing is, is that I don't have any verses and I don't have any encouraging stories because the way that I responded to inadequacy and people telling me that I was inadequate was not the right way. I would go home and I would cry to Michael and tell him and I'd tell everyone I knew that this person said this about me or this person said this, and essentially it was just gossip. And it doesn't actually help you feel any better. That's something that I was challenged with when I read this story is how Hannah responded and how that was how I wanted to respond from now on. So some practical steps that I think we can take from Hannah's story that I definitely took from Hannah's story were the three points I briefly mentioned before where she ran to God, she cried out to him and she had faith. 
and to expand on those just a little bit. And again, I would really encourage you to go read this chapter yourself because I'm only going to briefly touch on it. Hannah ran to the Lord. So she didn't run to her friend. She didn't run to her husband and just complain about this other wife. It actually says in verse 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And I think that's the point is that she ran to God first. That's her point of call. That's who she ran to because she realized that he was actually the only one that could answer her questions and provide consolation for her that could provide peace for her. And so that's something that I'm being challenged with at the moment is, am I running to God first when I feel inadequate? Secondly, she cried out to him. She prayed. And I think that's really important is that we cry out to God. We pray to God, whatever that looks like. Hannah knelt down in silence and people thought she was crazy because she was silently praying to the Lord. But maybe that looks like for you going to your bedroom and actually crying out loud, like physically out loud. Maybe that looks like writing in your journal. For me, it's when I'm on the way to interview a lady or she's on her way to my house. All these thoughts come into my head where I'm like, I'm not actually capable of doing this. And so I just sit and I stop and I pray. I just chat with God and I talk to him. If I'm driving, it's often a lot louder prayers. I call my car time prayers, my Pentecostal prayers, because they're a lot louder and no one's listening. But if I'm at home, it's just sitting there quietly and praying to God, I really need your help. Please be here with me. The third thing is that she has faith. And I love that she had faith to go to God because even if she hadn't had Samuel in the end and God hadn't given her a child, she still had faith to know that if she sought God in her deepest distress, he would consolidate her and he would give her peace in that distress. And I think sometimes I need to remember that, okay, maybe I'm not the best speaker in the world. Maybe I'm not the best person at podcasts or asking questions. Maybe I'm not the best teacher in the world. That doesn't mean that if I pray about it and I run to God and I do those steps after I feel inadequate, that God's going to then give me the best voice in the world or he's gonna give me the best questions or I'm gonna become the best teacher like that was a huge thing for me because I realized you know what he has made me to be the person that I am and that is enough I'm actually adequate the way that he made me and I love that about Hannah that she kind of ran to God and realized that yes she wanted a child but even if she didn't get him she would still be faithful to God so that was really cool And that brings us to final words of encouragement would just be to think about how we're responding because that's what I'm going to do. Every time I feel like I'm inadequate and I'm not worthy enough or someone makes me feel that way or I make myself feel that way, I'm going to think, okay, how am I going to respond to this situation? Am I going to go and just gossip about that person behind their back? Am I going to go and just complain and become this complainer? Or am I going to try and be like Hannah and run to God because he's the most important person in my life? Probably my other encouragement would be to read the Bible because so often I'm so busy and hence these podcasts have kind of come out of that idea of being so busy and needing some encouragement inspiration to keep going on my journey and find a deep relationship with God. Yeah, reading this story and making time for the Bible again in my life has been really awesome and times like this when you read the Bible and you feel God is speaking to you, they are the times when you're reminded that that's why we do it. Like I do it for a relationship with God and so My encouragement would be um, pick up the Bible and have a read. I do 100% believe that God talks to us through his word and I think spending time with him is awesome. So thank you for bearing with me as I shared a little bit today. Next week we'll be back with another interview from Trish. I can't wait to share her story with you all and I hope you have a wonderful week.